Welcome to Beyond Dollars and Cents. My name is Holland Henderson, financial advisor with Allen & Company, and this is the Risk and Reward Podcast. Today, we have a very special uh, guest, Richard and Brooke Young, co-founders of Up Training Solutions. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Excellent. Oh, wow. You guys got good radio voices. I just now noticed that <laughs> through all the mic checks and all that. I think you might steal my job here. No, you know, it's uh, for the sales meetings. I just was really natural with a microphone and I think and it just, it just anytime I see it it just comes out oh wow it comes out you just kind of can summon it yeah and you know I'm a huge fan I think we grew up with uh Delilah oh, oh yeah oh, Delilah yeah. of course oh, <laughs> so um and uh the quiet storm yeah well who's the quiet storm? yeah no that's not the I quiet don't, storm no, 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 I don't remember that I one but I do remember our Delilah after dark yep. yes yes I don't so, know how there were not more nighttime accidents of people just kind of, you know. It's just, so easy. It is. It's so easy. It's just, it's. You just kind of Bring it off. on home. Oh, man. <laughs> I can see it happening. I can definitely see it happening. Right. Well, I don't know if she's still around and I don't know any of those, but can you explain to us who you guys are and what you do? Sure. So we uh, are a, started off as an app to provide short to the point training content coming from the automotive world a lot of training programs and very much online school kind of setup. Mm-hmm. So we thought it just seemed to make sense with the trend of, you know, TikTok, Instagram, short micro videos, the, the content should be formatted that way, seeing as, you know, people were ingesting content that way. And that's how it started off, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're a platform for sales training. We started off doing those short to the point videos. So kind of taking Traditional training is like 15, 20 minute videos. Then you take a quiz afterwards. And most of the people who are in sales are in sales because they didn't want to go to school. So <laughs> why, why would they want to go to school? Yeah. Um, so we tried to take this idea of these TikTok like videos. So I like to cook. So I want to learn a recipe not by watching like an hour long video unless it's something really intensive and incredible. But I want to know like in a 30 second TikTok I, I don't need to see you cut every single slice of the potato. I don't need to see every yeah. single step in detail. Just show me a short clip and I got it. Give me the bullet points and I've got it. And that's how this newer generation is learning. So we wanted to create content that kind of replicates that learning style. Um, so that's how we started out is doing these kind of short to the point sales training, but based in automotive. So tips, tricks, life hacks, life things hacks, like that. Yeah. Um, and then we're kind of pivoting now into doing onboarding um, for dealerships. Okay. Yeah. So is it primarily automotive industry that you guys are working with? Correct. Yeah, we started automotive because that was my background. Okay. Kind of, you know, the devil you know, right? Yeah. And um, and then uh, and there was a need for it. Sure. You know, yeah, automotive is is, a, is just a, an incredible industry. Uh, I, I love it. You know, it's just it, it's life-changing, and it can mm-hmm. be life-changing. And we just felt that there was, and I saw it as I kind of came up from a salesperson and work my way up through ranks of management that just so many barriers for people that want to enter in and then get acclimated to what it is to be in a fast paced sales environment. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the younger generations just, they don't have patience for bad management. Yeah. So if you're not going to help me transition to work here, then I'm gone. And talented people, whereas, you know, my generation, I guess we're into punishing ourselves and we just sort of put up with it and deal with it uh, all the yelling and whatnot but and, and that's and they're only doing that because that's the way they were trained in yeah. the generation before that so uh, but eventually there was a shift and i think that it was you know hey i, I want to work somewhere where i feel good yeah and uh we just wanted to try to help you know create bring something to the market that would help facilitate that uh you know for uh environments where the management may be you know onboarding and, and explaining you know certain uh 
sales training methods. It wasn't like first nature uh, to, to kind of do it. So coming in a background of sales myself, right, um, I can definitely see the, the multi-generational sales tactics, right? So you have, you know, Zig Ziglar, and then you have Dale Carnegie, and then, you know, another one would be my Tom, Tom Hopkins, I think, right? Okay. So different sales. How has, in your opinion, how has sales changed from the salesperson to the client, right, or to the customer just in, in uh, the way that it's approached? In a span of what? Last yeah. couple of decades, yeah. Last couple of decades, the the power has definitely shifted to the customer. You know, I I got into the car business what 2013, mm -hmm. and people were still talking about this internet issue, and it's it's been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a couple <laughs> but, of years. But it, you know, there was this big thing where I can't believe these customers can just see all these prices, and uh, you know, the transparency was just kind of getting started, and now it's you know, customers yeah. know more than than salespeople. Uh, that's not uncommon. So the power dynamic shifted, and you know, you have to kind of. It's easy to sell to someone when they don't know what the competition is, what's pro, how they're pricing, or yeah. what they're offering. It's very easy to. Oh, well, we have the best deal around. Why would you even bother shopping? But now they know, so yeah. you have to kind of adapt to that. And you know, I, I I'm not totally versed in like the older sales training methods. I mean, I have a real old school manager that trained me that you know, if they're not going to buy, make them buy. And if they want to leave, throw their keys on the roof. And, you know, I don't know if, uh, wow. <laughs> I don't know how that would look on Yelp or Google reviews nowadays. You know, I just, it's, but, but people used to put up with that. Yeah. And, and those stories, you know, they, I, I find them incredible because it's, that's how you used to sell back then is mm -hmm. you would force these people to buy. And then there was that transition to where it's, no, you have to kind of court them, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I've noticed in, in my working career that it's, it's moved from very high pressure. That will, That's what was encouraged whenever I was entering the workforce in a sales environment was you just got to do it. But, you know, I mean, ask them hard questions, get the yes to it feels more open ended now. You, mm -hmm. you have to allow people to make decisions and process information. That's what their expectation is. Yep. Am I wrong in that? I don't think so. No, definitely. I think like one of the big things that we teach is not to sell the customer, but to help them buy. So kind of shifting that perspective into, instead of, you know, like you're saying, high pressure, all of these like sales tactics, people are really aware of that, especially nowadays that all the customers are highly educated and they're almost looking for a scam. They're looking for someone who's trying to sell them or pressure them and that's gonna turn them away. So we always, we're, that's one of the big things we teach. So do you guys create your own content that goes on the app? Yes, uh, but early on, I think we shot a couple of videos and I think we were just like, I don't think people want to see or hear me do it. You know, I think, uh, I've, I think I read in another Oh no, your radio voice, man. I know, right? <laughs> radio voice aside. Um, the, this, I think I read somewhere the sage on the stage days are over mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and having this one person, even though there's a lot of great ones, you know, like Tony Robbins, um, they have people like that and Jordan Belford, mm -hmm. you know, definitely know what they're doing. Definitely experts in that arena. But I think because now there's just so many channels for content creators and there's just it just created this appetite for well yeah i i, I want to learn this way or i like the way this one person says things so we tried to then find uh other car salespeople uh on instagram and tiktok that you know had their own little brand yeah. and their little kind of you know bunch of followers and then bring them in and then just ask them the the, the basic questions hey when a customer won't come in for an appointment what do you say to them or when they want to think about it what do you say and we encourage the different answers because there's so many different sales styles. And we just thought 
if you know we could provide that content. So it wasn't just one guy in a suit saying, hey, when a customer wants to think about it, you say this. It was yeah. a bunch of young salespeople all over saying, well, I tried that, didn't work, but this worked. So is this kind of, have you found it to be more like a Peloton style pick where people like a specific trainer, right? I, I've got this person that I like to follow. I like to and they, they gravitate towards that? The working title of our app was actually Celaton. That, oh. <laughs> that was our working title. Combining the uh, content with uh, you know, tracking some of the activity from the CRM and just like, like Peloton does yep. it. So, you know, you got the instructors giving you the motivation, but then you're also on the bike doing the exercise. And that was, that's funny you mentioned that. Exactly. I know. I saw when he mentioned that you got really excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's getting excited. That's funny. I loved it. I, I still, I think I still have Celaton on the GoDaddy shopping cart. Yeah. For a later project. That's a later project? Maybe. I mean, offshoot of this. But no, I think that, you know, especially, I think uh, Brooke noticed too, is that because she's, she's heard a lot about the car business, but still some of the things are very alien. And, you know, we just take some, you know, in the world of sales, there's all these you know this jargon we just kind of just throw spout out off and we just know it and then we you forget how people on the outside are like what mm-hmm. you know what, what did you just say mm-hmm. what is what's a five pounder i don't understand right. there's always weird term you know, these things that you know just we we forget that it sounds mm-hmm. alien so it's you know hearing different people say things and and speak a certain way and and overcome objections a certain way uh, i think that was super important to our content uh, providing that okay cool let's go ahead and take our first break and it'll be right back All right, and we're back uh, with Richard and Brooke Young with Up Training Solutions. All right, so what are your backgrounds? So obviously, we got you from from the auto industry, Brooke. Where what are, what was your background in? So my background is photography and video. So this is where I kind of come in on the creative side of things. So video, photography, a little bit of graphic design i don't want to call myself a graphic designer but you're saying you're, no. <laughs> no 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 i was i was thinking about yeah. that. The, the moment you do that everyone calls a text hey can you make this i know yeah. put this together real quick just a little logo <laughs> that's my that's how i keep myself safe by saying i'm not a graphic designer but so, yeah so that's my background so yeah. i mean that's kind of sales right uh photography yeah. i mean selling things through the production of making things <laughs> nice i mean do you find a good marriage between that with you guys working together we used to have really heated discussions about your wedding package pricing oh my gosh and all the, <laughs> we did yeah oh yeah i was like yeah i put together this i was like no 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 no. you gotta hit them high hit them high let them work you down don't start off you know it was mm-hmm. yeah i remember those yeah I remember those. take less out chart yeah it yeah, was like exactly and i'm like no because they're gonna want that i'm thinking very emotionally sometimes yeah. so yeah. yeah it's a good it's a <laughs> it's a good balance so, sure. so you guys are married, yes, right? Yes. Your co-founders, yes. It's a lot of it's a lot of togetherness there. You know the auto the automotive world, and and one of one of my great mentors, the GM, one of the GMs before me. You know, straight up on his last day, the last thing he said as he was shaking my hand was like, "Hey, listen, mm-hmm. you're going to do great, but this job will eat your soul." Oh, and good. I was like, oh, "It's really dramatic." He was right. <laughs> right. Uh, to do the job well, you have to live there, and I'm a firm believer in that. And I feel like I did a pretty good job and and but then at the expense of not you know time away from the house time away from the family so you know whenever it came down to making the decision to to start this company it was very much like hey let's let's do something together and the owner I used to work for fantastic guy incredibly supportive guy I learned so much from him did say yeah uh 
love the uh, love the flame, love the entrepreneurial spirit. Don't start a company with your wife. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's a smart guy. And and I and there's so many times, how many times have I said, <sighs> he was right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's you know it's. You know, it gets a little messy sometimes, but, and I want to say like, oh, we have these awesome boundaries where we say like, oh, we only talk about work at work, but Um, it's not true. And one of the kind of more exciting things is that we can be at home or on our way to the beach. And it's like, I have somebody who's just as invested as me in this business emotionally, financially, spiritually, sometimes it feels like. And so it's exciting to have an idea and be like, oh, my gosh, I just had this idea. And you're like right there picking up like, yeah, let's yeah. do this and this. And now we spend the next like three hours talking about this and it doesn't feel like work. We're together. We're both equally excited about it. So it's like if we're working separately and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just had this awesome business idea. And it's like, hey, let's just spend time together. You know, I don't want to talk about like your work right now, but yeah. since we're both invested in this. It's like exciting in that way. That's not to say sometimes it's like, all right, right, this is a lot. So, but yeah, it it is exciting. So I know a lot of people probably think it's can be negative or messy, but it's really not. Yeah. It, it, it's, it really brings up the partnership aspect, I guess you would call it of a marriage because it's, and again, there's no manual for this. No. Um, But in terms of like when you're starting and, and, and times are tough, you know, you have good days, you have bad days. And, and a lot of the tough days where you feel like you make no progress or you or you lose a couple yards on the field, you know, to have a partner that's there all the time supporting, you know, being like, hey, listen, just a bad day. Well, and, and it gets old to hear. No one, also, no one wants to hear you'll feel better. Well, I'd also assume that there's a full understanding of, you know, when you come home from work and you're just, you know, ready to kick the dog, right? No, you know not advocating for kicking <laughs> dogs, but you're so upset, but there's an understanding of what's going on in the back end, yeah. right? There's a th- kind of a 360. I mean, yeah. would you agree with that? Yeah, because if I would come home stressed from the dealership and she would re- not really have any clue Yeah, or not really understand. Just mm-hmm. maybe, oh, you're not selling enough, but then sometimes it'd be more than that. Maybe I did Maybe I did hit my goal, but you know, we, we missed our, our gross goal or you know, we hit the volume, but we didn't get our customer satisfaction survey goal or whatever it was. Yeah. It seems like there's always a reason to not be happy. Right. It, it's just different because it seems like when, when you're working two separate places as husband and wife, like you're walking two separate paths all day and you meet up at the same place. So I have no idea what he's seen on his path during the day and he has no idea what I've seen on mine. And in this way, we're working together. We're spending a lot of time, but we're walking that path together. Yeah. We're experiencing the same things at the same time. So we're kind of, there's an understanding and there is less of needing to talk about our day at the end of the day because- We've experienced yeah. it together. So. Well, I, I, I mean, I think there's a massive value in foxhole mentality, right? I, I look at my marriage, and I love the times that we are solving problems together, mm-hmm. right? I, I think, you know, there's the opposite of creating problems, right? But it, when you're solving the same problems, there's just a cohesive, uh, you know, effect that happens. Do you find that to be true? In, yeah, totally. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. It's yeah. uh like I said, it, whatever times are, are difficult or messy, as you said, they're more than made up for when you fix something or you hit a little goal or you do something and you did it together. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it, it's it's been incredible. It's, yeah, it's, it's exciting. This is actually so when we first met, we were he was doing video production mm-hmm. and I was coming in and wanting to help him. So we started out kind of working together oh, when yeah. we first started dating. So it's kind of a weird like circle that's come all the way back around. So we've kind of started out this way, like spending a lot of time together and like working together on like video stuff, like visual things. 
I don't know. It's I not. It's, about yeah, that, yeah, it's not for everybody, but for us, it works. I wouldn't wish on anyone. <laughs> it works. It, it works. It seems to be working. Yeah. So, what was the transition from the the dealership to say, I think there's a need here? Wow. Um, like I said, it was several things, but I think. Hmm. I would say your time at NADA Academy. Yeah. So uh, the owners will send you to uh, NADA, like, like a deal, like a general manager school. Mm-hmm. And that you're there with dealers from all over the country, and they they put everyone's stats up, um, you know, based on their financial statements and different dealership dynamics. And I was, I think, I think the youngest guy in there, and uh, <clears throat> you know, our, our our stats were were where they were. You know, I think we were, I was second highest in in the group. And but one of the things that stood out was how young my the demographics were of my sales team. You know, that was the big thing I had. 20 25 year olds was mostly. that different than everybody else's not like incredibly different but you know when it came to like turnover the big thing i got was how, how do you get the young people to work i can't get them to stick around for longer than a week and we were hitting you know crazy goal we were the number one uh chrysler dodge jeep ram store in the entire state of florida in 2019 in new and new sales and people just they were they would just constantly ask me how do, how do you do it with a team of all youngsters it doesn't make any sense they called them youngsters, not my word. Right. Um, but, uh, and it, it was, it, I think I was just getting asked so much that I thought, well, I didn't think I'm doing anything different. I mean, maybe I wasn't so far removed. Like some of these people in the room, you know, these, you know, uh, dealer principals and general managers, they were, they maybe sold decades ago, whereas I sold a couple of years ago. So I wasn't so far removed that, you know, my focus was on the salespeople. And then it got to just be the highlight of the day was, you know, whenever I was training, or making someone understand a concept and hearing that they had got to their next level, what they wanted to make commission wise or, you know, sales wise. And, and that was just the best part of of my day. And then I just got to the point where I was like, how can I do this, you know, and only this and not have to put up with, you know, the people complaining about how we didn't, you know, do the oil change right or something like that. So did you see the pain point as a communication or a language barrier? Communication is a, is a big problem, but that's everywhere. You know, I don't know what it is about certain uh, places and, and management teams where it's almost like nobody wants to make a decision for fear that if it's a bad decision, they'll get the blame for it. So it's like you have a lot of people doing their own things and a lot of people on their own islands because no one really wants to stand and say, hey, we're going to do things this way mm-hmm. or we're going to attack this problem this way or fight for this goal this way. And I, I think indecision is worse than making a bad decision. So do you think that, that the, it was almost the middle management that was the issue? Yeah, I, I think in a lot of – just based on what I hear, I think in a lot of places, you know, there's just – yeah, a lot, a lot of mismanagement, I would say. I would just say it's, you know, you need strong leadership. You need everybody. I always use the analogy in Finding Nemo where they're all in the net, right? And yeah. You have to swim in the same direction yeah. to get out of the net. So it's that kind of thing, and you have to really – just make sure everyone is on that same page to try to hit that goal. And, you know, when there's not that communication there and I'm a salesperson, one of my managers says we're doing things one way and the other one says we're doing things the other way. Like, I mean, what does that, what kind of, what does that create for you? You know, that's like a, it's like a kid in a household and like dad says one thing, mom says the other thing. And it's like, what are we doing? It's just confusion. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and take our second break and we'll be right back. All right. We're back with the co-founders of Up Training Solutions, uh, Richard and Brooke Young. All right. So in this, in your app, there's an aspect of collaboration, correct? Yes. Why do you find that important amongst teams? 
I'll go first. Um, <laughs> like, do did, I get a go-to? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, were we recording when I gave you the Finding Nemo analogy? No. So oh, yes, yes, we were. Right. We so were. back to that. It's there's something about when you know you're having a sales meeting and you're making it the team's goal and the team's response. Hey, we're in this together. We got to hit this number together. It just created an energy to where you know everyone's on the same page. So we were really big on, especially the Peloton aspect or Orange Theory aspect, where everyone's. You know, activity was put up for everyone to see because everyone knows that that you know phone calls and appointments lead to sales. So if we're making it known where everyone can see everyone's activity, hey, we're all in this together. We're all trying to make these calls and set these appointments to hit these sales goals. There was just an energy that I saw that just led to productivity. So I think that you know that collaboration with a sales team is essential. Yeah, you have to have it, if you, especially if you're going after these big goals. There's another uh, quote that I heard where it says. Uh, especially when we're starting off a business, um, that singular success is a middle-class mindset. Have you mm. heard that before? No, you, you this need, is great. You, mm-hmm. need, you need a community of people. If you're going to achieve big goals, you can't say, I'm going to become a billion-dollar company by myself. It just doesn't make any sense. And I'm the first person to say that. And then it's one of the things I had to kind of grow and learn that, hey, it's I can't do something huge by myself. Yeah. I can get up and you know walk the dog and make breakfast maybe. But right. now, now you're talking about disrupting like an industry or creating a massive company, hitting these massive goals, making a ton of money. You have to build a team to do that, obviously. And I think on a on a smaller scale in terms of a sales team, you know, you make it clear, hey, we're going to hit this goal. We're going to hit this quota. Everyone has to do X amount of appointments or X amount of whatever your KPIs are to hit it. So, hey, everyone knows what their, their little piece of the pie. Let's attack. So my question is, was it the collaboration where we're all receiving the same learned experience or is it competition that's driving that because internally Mm -hmm. whenever you work on sales teams there's internal competition who's number one Mm -hmm. some people some people buy into that but not everybody i think it's both it it is both the collaboration um in terms of you know i love the idea that especially you see it on social media that everyone wants to weigh in on like the way they do things and especially if if it's cooking or if it's whatever it Mm -hmm. is this is how i do it and this is the, the life hacks thing that you see everywhere. This is what something cool that works for me. And I, and I love the idea of creating a team where that was your culture where, hey, you know, this is a problem I know we all deal with. This is what I say or do that works for me. And I'm going to share it with my peers. You know, um, this is how I get more down payment. This is how, you know, I, I, I fight about if they want more money for their trade, things like that. And, and I like the idea of like whatever your sales environment is because, you know, you're all dealing with. For the most part, the same objections. It's a round table aspect. Exactly. And I think that you create a culture like that, like, hey, we're all in. It's, it's us versus the customers. It's not everyone fighting for their own life, even though right. I think sometimes it seems like that. I think that that's a much more powerful dynamic. And that was what we, I try to create in the dealership world is that, you know, we're, it's it's us all collectively working together yeah. for the same thing. So it takes almost the zero sum aspect out of it, right? The uh, game theory, right? You're taking the zero sum out of it. Right, we're all working for, and there's only a limited number of prospects or or customers. I'm not against these people. I'm with these people. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's like love versus hate. You know, they say <laughs> hate's a powerful motivator, um, which you know it is, and, and I'm guilty of it. You know, especially of uh, you know, we I used to be in fierce competitions with the other rooftops in our group, and I would try to kind of pass that on. But at the same time, it's you know. Yeah, it, you know, you can't, you can't beat people working together for the same goal, or at least, you know, knowing, you know, what that, you know, what the goals are and that everyone's on the same page and things like that. You know, like I said, communication and people working at least in the same direction is one of the most powerful tools I think you can have. But within your app, is there a gamification 
So I hate that. I hate. I hate the word. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad I could use it. Yeah. No. 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 no it's, it's fine. It's uh, what seminar do we go to? And they're like, hey, these are the buzzwords you have to use when you're talking to VCs. Yeah. And blah 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 blah. And it just, you know, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Well, we heard that, and then we went to San Francisco, and uh, someone said, nobody's saying that anymore. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I am not cool. I can assure you that. My children will tell you. It's kind of like this generation is, they're all for it until you say what it is. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, as soon as, like, hey, guys, like, you guys are performing so well. You know, there's a leaderboard, and you guys are competing on, you know, various KPIs. Like, look how productive you're being. And they're like, oh, well, we don't want to do that then. Mm-hmm. Now you've made it. Un- now that you've said what we're doing. and So what is thing. it? So it's uh, – I, I love the idea of ranking. I love the idea. Uh, there's a whole study that we you know, we researched called uh, medium maximization, where you take, you know, you take an activity and then you take an end goal and you put something a medium in the middle. And they did all these studies to show that you know if you increase the medium like points or, you know, um, you know whatever the orange theory, I think mm-hmm. the splatter points or whatever they call it is, is that you know, because that medium is increasing, I'm getting closer to my goal. Mm-hmm. So we tried to kind of take that and incorporate that. And, you know, most sales organizations have like a sales board and that's yeah. just it. But there's so many things that go into a sale, Yeah, you know, appointments, phone calls, demos, things like that. So we wanted to put a focus on those activities and, you know, because you're, you're going to do a lot more of those throughout the day. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, uh, you know, so you tap into the uh, instant gratification well, a little yeah, bit more. I, I do remember in, you know, previous life, whenever I was in a sales department, sure. it was all hammered out of wh- how many sales are you getting, mm-hmm. right? That was the end result rather than the science that, that led up to it, which was activity. Right. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So you, you are <laughs> tracking activity. It's almost like a fitness exactly. application, right? Mm-hmm. If I can eat less calories, walk more you know, do workouts, then I get points towards exactly. the ultimate goal. That is the psychology behind it is that, okay. you know, you can leave all day and not make a sale. And, you know, how many managers have you heard that just kind of just shame you? How dare you leave here all day and not make one sale? Yeah. You know, never mind all the phone calls and appointments you set up for the rest of the week. And it's like, so we just, you know, made a shift to highlight that and then give managers an opportunity to, to see that. So, hey, my guy didn't sell, but he's got a great week set up. And then now, now I can recognize that salesperson for it and boost him up for that instead of just beat him up for not making a sale. So because sales is such an emotional game at times, right? You try to take the emotion out of it, but there is disappointment, there's successes, there's all of those things. Do you think that making these applications training and tracking activity do you think that leads to better retention because you're taking some of that emotion out of it you know i think that just giving having the resource be there for your sales team is is what's important you know some people might love the content some people you know might just do well on their own mm-hmm. um, more established salespeople i've seen that you know it's what kind of training program are you going to put them through they got the same 30 40 people that they're going to get referrals from every month because they've just been doing it for so long and that's just kind of the thing they've fallen into. You know, we wanted to more so focus on the younger generation that would come in, and they'll burn hot. They'll go, they'll get passionate. And a lot of thing, a lot of a big misconception, I, I believe at least, is that people just assume that oh, the younger people have no attention span. Yeah. But then they'll find a show they like and binge it for three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like you know, you find something that's relevant to them or that they like, you know, and they'll watch it. And 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 you just just to be able to provide that content, especially someone who's getting into a new sales organization just to be able to kind of have it there for them and it's relevant to them. Like, hey, these are the problems you're going to be dealing with and this is how you can do well at your job. Or, you know, this is a bunch of people, peers, that can sort of, you know, relate to you how to do your job well and kind of give you tips. And then, you know, that's that's what we wanted to provide. 
What's the biggest amount of friction right now with former generations, so baby boomers, Gen Xers, <laughs> and all that flowing through to Gen Z? Like, what what is the biggest, you know, you can name one, two, three, five, I don't, you know, as much as time as we have. The friction in terms of, uh, you know, selling our selling our product? Just selling in general. In general. In, selling in, in, in general. <clears throat> hmm. What do you think? It's communication. They communicate totally differently. Yeah. I'd say that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh are you talking in terms of dynamic, like the customers and then the salespeople, or just like yes, the sales all team? Of it. Within the sales team, if I'm trying to, I, I, I don't want it to feel like I'm pushing rope. Okay. Right? So I'm trying to motivate someone else. What's typically from previous generations speaking into the newer generation on how to train? What's that friction? Is it just purely communication and just a language barrier, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have general, general <laughs> generational context differences. Right, a, a thousand percent. I think the best example of this is, um, remember, you're, you're saying your mom was talking to your sister. Her, she has a younger sister, lives in Seattle, and she just recently told her mom, I want to be an artist. And mm. her mom was like, you need to get a real job. <laughs> and in her mom's mind, she's, I'm doing the right thing. I love my daughter. I'm trying to give her advice that works. So a lot of mm-hmm. sales managers will shred a salesperson that's falling behind. Yeah. And in their mind, they're like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm telling this person they suck right. so that they can do better. Yeah. I'm a good manager. Makes sense. <laughs> and, and all that person hears is, I'm trash. I need, I need to quit. And right. it's – so, yeah, it, it, that's, the, that's the big thing. And, and, you know, it's, and it's not the older sales manager's fault because that's the way that they were trained. Yeah. That, that, you know, when they did bad, they got a foot, you know, where, and then they just did better. And, you know, that's just, it's just not how the, the current generation is. It's not how they've, not how they've learned. They've, they've – been raised with this whole i don't even know what you call it i think it started with when you weren't allowed to spank the kids right yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's just it's it's a totally different way they were raised totally different way that they look at the world yeah so it's it's nobody's fault really but i think identifying it and then now saying okay now what can we do to fight this and and, and compete against it outside of just like a pizza party once a month or something mm-hmm. yeah and that, you i mean i think you can see the generational shift too because i mean i'm a millennial mm-hmm. uh, i'm like a grandfather millennial okay but you know that's where questions started you know, to tell me the why. What, you, know, you say, exactly. I need to use these tactics or mm-hmm. I need to use these tools, but why? It's one of the biggest things that I, our content, we try to incorporate it is we give the tip, but then we explain why. Yeah. Why you should use this <laughs> instead of just getting our lips loaded, right? That was, I don't know if you guys use that terminology. No. We use it in the car business. When a manager told you what to do is getting your lips loaded and you just repeat. And if that customer didn't close, then you must have said it wrong. Yeah, it was your fault. <laughs> exactly. No one else's fault. So, um, but yeah, and again, I don't think any there's any guilty party. I think that when you're made aware of it and then you don't do anything about it, that's what makes you a bad manager. You know, I don't think anybody inherently intends to manage salespeople poorly. I just think that if you don't do anything about it, you know, when yeah. someone says, hey, this is a problem, you can't talk to these kids this way. Yeah. One of our clients, it was like they were, they were losing salespeople, you know, every week the younger, you know, Gen Zers, and all you hear was, man, these these kids are just, they're so soft now. You know, they don't, nobody wants to work. And that's not true. They do. But, you know, again, just adjust the communication dials. Yeah, which is funny because in sales, you would think, you know, you are supposed to chain it in different ways so that you're communicating, right, appropriately to your customer. The funny part is, is whenever, even in parenting, um, because you didn't understand what I said, it means I need to say the same thing, just louder and more aggressive. Exactly. Right. And mm-hmm. that's not that's not communication at all. Right. Let me say it in a different ways so that you can that you can understand it. And also, uh, you know, I, I whenever one of the one of my managers trained me and said a no doesn't mean a no. A no means either I didn't understand what you're saying or not right now. And sometimes it does mean no. 
And I thought that, holy smokes, that opens up my eyes to a greater degree of fully understanding the person on the other side of the table, right? Just so because a salesperson is asking me a question doesn't necessarily mean that they're incapable of taking care of the problem. It might be just they don't understand. Exactly. And I think that too many times that it, it goes to that first conclusion where they're I can't tell you how many times I've witnessed a salesperson trying to come up and communicate the problem they have. It happened to me. Yeah. I would go to my manager and say, hey, this customer is not understanding these numbers. Okay, hold on. Let me page a real salesperson to the sales desk. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, that was the stuff that we put up with. You know, the younger generations are like, well, okay, well, then have him take my spot and I'm, I'll go do something else, I guess. Well, let's go ahead and take our last break and we'll be right back. All right, we're back with Up Training Solutions, Richard and Brooke Young. I hate Our, the name. You don't. Wait, hate, we got to change the name. Up? No, it's, I like. No, that. I like. I like Up, but we were in a fierce legal battle with Union Pacific, so we had to add the Training Solutions. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know, it's. Uh, I don't know. Training Solutions. What do you think? I think that was our original name, but now we're just Up. We yeah, go by Up. We, call, we go by Up. Officially, so we up, are Up Training yeah. Solutions. So are we allowed to say Up? Of course, yeah. It was the Training Solutions part. You know, it's just it's. Uh, we wanted the website up.com, but it's Union Pacific. If you can believe the it. The railroad. Yeah, those guys. yeah, I mean, they've been around for a little bit, as the young folks say. I've been, yeah, sure. They've been around for a minute. A I don't minute. know. Is that still in? A minute? We try to keep our training videos a minute. That's right. Yeah, Literally. So, so is that, so timeline in the videos, why why a minute? You know, I, I wish I could give you a, a scientific answer as to, you know, the average attention span for training content at this age range is whatever, whatever. But I don't know. It just seemed... Uh, it just seemed you know, marketable, you know, training in less than a minute, training content in under a minute, you know, just seem, it seemed kind of marketable. And then it, I, I don't know. Do you have any science? So how, how many times, how many different training videos will someone watch at one minute per in, in a single sitting? Can you see that on your? Yeah. So we have a dashboard we can see it. And it, unfortunately, and uh, it's up to the, the sales organization because we've seen where you know, it's part of the pay plan. They have to watch so much content per month or per day. And then you can kind of just see these kind of bulk, you know, kind of viewings. You know, I think we had a dream at one point when we were first creating it, that it would be almost like a social experience and it'd be a place for people to kind of get content that would help them. And people would, you know, or salespeople, young salespeople would just kind of, you know, seek the stuff out and kind of watch it. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it's work, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, funny cat videos yeah. mm -hmm. it's work so i think that that was maybe a little unrealistic in terms of creating something that people would venture off on their own so then we kind of shifted to just making something that where if your bosses made you watch training content at least it was digestible yeah yeah and every video has like a countdown which i love because if i'm having to watch something like for work or something i need to know i want to see it count down i want to know that in 60 seconds it's over and i can keep doing what i'm doing yeah so so, so how are or what's the feedback that you're getting from the actual users, not from not from the sales department, mm -hmm. but from the the actual salespeople? Yeah. Wow. So it, it's it was tough. So you ask a salesperson, hey, do you like our content? Do you like what you have? Sitting for an hour, sitting for a minute, we're going to win by default. Yeah. Which is what we got. Uh, the management teams, however, when we started asking, hey, what types of content do you want? And you know, they were like, no, the, the content's cool, but can you make stuff that's more specific to our store? Because we have a bunch of new people asking the same questions over and over again. Simple stuff, you know, how to check out keys, how mm -hmm. to take a card to detail, things like that. So we started, that's where we kind of came up with the 101 content, where, again, same format, try to keep it to like a minute long, uh, but explaining real basic things like kind of how they're explained on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And that was where we saw, you know, in terms of moving the needle for a dealership, 
saying, okay, cool. So now when I hire someone, I, I, they, I put them on the app, they watch the content. I'm not having to get up from the desk and walk them around and do the whole onboarding dance and, and or, or trust somebody to shadow, take another one of my top guys away from selling so he can go, you know, have his, you know, hold the new guy's hand. That was where we saw where we were kind of making at least a little bit of a change with the content in terms of saving time. So does that become mm-hmm. ad hoc from the dealership level or is that something you you get one of your trainers to do specifically for that dealership? Yeah, we have a, the, we have a guy that will go out there and specifically we have like a set of uh, process videos that are the it's the same processes obviously they're different for every store but we start with that and then and then we just ask you know what's something that you constantly are having to explain to your new hires or re-explain to the people in your organization and how can we make you know a short little content clip based on that too so that there's an answer for it and it's the right answer it's not a watered down answer you know the, the game of telephone mm-hmm. um, you know the processes are so important to any sales organization but if they're being explained you know, by 10 different people, sometimes it's 10 different processes. So you have broad-based sales information as well as you can make this boutique. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, that, and that's where I think that it might separate us a little bit because we, you know, there's that appetite, like I mentioned before, for, you know, content created just for me or just for my team. Like, you know, there's some broad stuff that that, that helps everyone in terms of, you know, just general objection uh, objections that you hear and how to overcome them. But then there's, you know, stuff specific to the store that I think is very important, especially for new people mm-hmm. um, that are just now trying to get into in a sales organization. Very Basic cool. stuff. Right. So real quick, before we end the program, what are what are some things that you guys are reading or listening to right now? What about you? Reading? You know, I love to read, but I haven't, I usually go to a book club in Tampa, but yeah. I haven't read in six months because we've been so busy. I hate to say it, but I, we, I read a lot of articles. I'm a big Googler, as most people are, but I read a lot of Saster. There's a website, Saster, and there's like a ton of articles about startups, about SaaS companies, tech companies, all of these really interesting things. So I think I spend a lot of time reading that. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts, too. Okay. What's your favorite right now? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I really love the Goop podcast. Okay. Gwyneth Paltrow. She's um, controversial, but <laughs> I love her. <laughs> yeah, I love that's her. that's fine. So... So the uh, in the bathroom, I keep the art of war okay. there, but hidden inside <laughs> is Shoe Dog because that, you know, Phil Knight, that story just constantly where you're hearing about a business owner who's just it, it just like all the, the, the fights, like just the dirty fight in the mud that you have to kind of go through to try to establish your brand and establish yourself. Very motivational. And it's you know probably one of the few things I'll actually just like reread because it's just it's that's that's kind of the phase I feel like you know we kind of have to we have gone through and are kind of still going through but it's it's just you know, like I said it's refreshing to kind of hear where it's you know it, it is a fight and it's and it is possible but it's it just comes down to kind of how bad you want it so what are you guys most encouraged about right now in the world around you or in your careers you go first? oh I think I'm most encouraged because we started out kind of doing one thing and we've grown into doing this whole new branch and so I'm really excited about kind of learning and seeing how things are changing and adapting and that we're really, we're never getting stuck and thinking like we know the way for everything and we know the answers to everything. We're always looking for answers. We're always looking for new ways to grow and new things to do. Um, So I feel really encouraged by that because I think there's new things happening all the time, Um, new ways of learning, everything. So we're constantly adapting and it's exciting to kind of come up with new ideas and to move forward. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to say the most encouraging yeah. thing I, I feel like, you know, is the validation because, you know, coming from, you know, auto sales, 
with you know much shorter sales cycle as compared to like a b2b software sale mm-hmm. you know that that was a huge adjustment for you know us and the sales team but you know when you're when you're dealing with the people who will be using your product and you're explaining how it can help alleviate some of those pains and, and i think actually when we started focusing on making sure that hey this making it clear this is the pain we are going to be alleviating we've experienced it ourselves and when you get that feedback and that validation it's like oh yeah this yeah i do need this um, this is something that you created, and I feel like yes, I'll I'll pay you for this. This makes sense. That that's that's always encouraging. That that one of those meetings beats you know like a tough month, tough couple months, uh, anytime. Very cool. So how can people get a hold of you? Website getupnow.app. app. Yep, Instagram getupnow.app. Okay, very cool. Well, again, I appreciate. It. Thank you guys for taking your time and being a part of the podcast. Again, my name is Holland Henderson. This is the Risk and Reward Podcast. Go check out our site at alleninvestments.com. There's a lot of great content uh, from a lot of my friends, and I'd say they're pretty smart people. So until next time, have a wonderful day. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC.